The Ponch Stevenson Show. PonchStevenson.com. Episode 199. Monday, July 16th, 2012. This is The Ponch Stevenson Show. PonchStevenson.com. Episode 199. Agent 99. A party like it's, uh... 199, 19, no. I am Rob. You are Greg, and again, this is PaunchStevenson.com, coming up on 200. Yes. So, should I start? I'll start. I have a whatever happened to. Actually, no. Let's start off with what we've been starting off with, celebrity deaths. I knew that was coming. Let me pull up the info here. DeadOrAliveInfo.com, which we've been using for, what, six, seven years? Well, they keep it up to date, so... So this actor, this man, was born June 1st, 1926, and he died July 3rd, 2012. He was 86 years old, and he was, uh, like I said, an actor. He starred in The Andy Griffith Show... And Matlock, Andy Griffith. Hi, Andy! Nice rhyme, Barney. Oh, you, you were doing Andy. So now he and, uh, and Don Knotts are both dead. <laughs> Is anybody alive from uh, the Andy Griffith show? Ron Howard. Well. <laughs> Anyone that's not, that wasn't uh, a child. I, I can't see how. Andy Griffith. Well, now take down your fishing pole and meet me at the fishing hole. We may not get a bite all day, but don't you rush away. What a great place to rest your bones and mighty fine for skipping stones. You feel fresh as a lemonade setting in the shade. Whether it's hot, whether it's cool. Spot for whistling like a fool. What a fine day to take a stroll and wander by the fishing hole. I can't think of a better way to pass the time of day. Oh, I was going to say, you know, Matlock, um, I used to watch it all the time, and the thing about him was, you know, at some point, I mean, he was, he was, 
he was practicing, I guess, a law out of like Atlanta, where everyone's like a southerner, right? <laughs> right. But yet every other episode was a mobster that he was. <laughs> it was like a mobster or some rich guy who killed, you know, this uh, business partner or something. Ah. And um, and and somehow it wasn't just enough like Law and Order where they you know they build the case and then they ha you know investigate they build the case and they have the trial. But with him, it was they would they would have no they they like work, like he'd always have the hench like the, the the private investigator working for him. But in some some way or another, the private investigator or Matlock would get involved in the whole uh, crime and would almost get shot <laughs> or stabbed or something. And then the way he so you know that and then the way he would he would figure out the case you know he'd have the person on the stand and and even though the defendant was innocent the real killer he'd have on the stand and he would go well I, i'm 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 going to tell you what happened what what happened was you went in there and 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 you you took the knife and and you stabbed them and then you hid the knife in the drawer and and you took the the dresser and you threw it in the river and and i mean i'm not a lawyer but i think that that's that's not allowed in the courtroom. I don't think you can just like speculate like that with the cross examination. But and then what would the guy say? I'd uh, be like, "Well, you don't know what you're talking about." And then eventually he would keep pestering him and pestering him and pestering him and then finally, you know, he'd be like, you know, the prosecutor wouldn't even like objection. argue. No, no objection. And finally the guy would be like, "Yeah, well, I did it because I wanted to." He's <laughs> like, "Come on." And just, just one more thing, and just one more thing. That's Columbo. And then at some point, of course, the, he would get into such ridiculous cockamamie like theories, and the judge would be like, <laughs> "Mr. Matlock, this is where you're going." He'd be like, "Come on, Your Honor, I'm almost there. Come yeah, on, Your Honor." <sighs> you could have stolen that gun, shot Nikki Tower with it. And everybody would think my client had done it. That is not Objection. true. This is pure speculation. Mr. Matlock has yet to prove any of this. Sustained. Mr. Matlock, I strongly suggest you move on with another line of questioning. You were furious, weren't you? And when you heard the two of them fighting my client, Nicky Tower, you rented that motorcycle, stole his gun, waited in the alley the night of the premiere, until the right moment, then roared by on that motorcycle, shot Nicky Tower three times, rode it into the back of a waiting van, parked in a garage, changed as quickly as possible, got back down to the street, over the body so you could have your picture in the paper, all for revenge. No! Your Honor, that is your not... Honor, he's doing it again. Mr. Matlock seems incapable of telling the difference between conjecture and proof. Your Honor, I, I apologize... But I, I had to do it in order to get my next point across. Can I, can I finish? Okay, and then they, so in some afterlife, Andy Griffith is now being badgered by Don Knotts for yeah. eternity. <laughs> I am Andy Nip it. <laughs> Nip it. Welcome to the Punch Stevenson Show.
Alright, so I have a whatever happened to... So do I, by the way. Whatever happened to... You know, I'm, I'm watching on the E! cable TV channel, The Soup. Still watch that? With, uh, with Joel McHale. And then I'm thinking about Talk Soup, which was the predecessor. And I'm thinking, all right, Greg Kinnear, he's an actor. John Henson, you know, our, 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 our listener Jack in New Jersey told me that he... His career is over. He was on some episodes of My Name is Earl. So anyway, and then, and then uh, you know, uh, Aisha Tyler was on uh, Friends and doing comedy. Whatever happened to Hal Sparks? <laughs> Whatever happened to him? He vanished. Wasn't he hosting one of those, like, dating shows? I don't know. Yeah, I think he was doing that for a while. It was, like, this, like, really lousy, like, offshoot of, uh, what was the Chuck Woolery one? Love Connection? Oh, the, yeah. I was going to say the dating game, but... What was the difference? What was the difference between Love Connection and the dating game? Were they both Chuck Woolery? No. Oh. No, they were they were different. Oh. I mean, it was the same and you know, means to an end. But the, 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 no, the, the dating game would be you would the woman would have to or man they have to pick amongst the three people, and then that right. would be the end. But love connection, they would already go on the dates or no, oh. they would already have the date, and then they would come in and like kind of stage how that they uh, picked them. I don't know. It was very strange. I was watching. Uh, on YouTube the other day, there was somebody had a clip up of the In Living Color uh, love connection with Jim Carrey as Chuck Woolery, Kim Coles as Robin Givens, oh, and yeah. Keenan Ivory Wayans as Mike Tyson. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I'm, I'm so ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. <laughs> All right, so whatever happened to Hal Sparks? I have one also. What is yours? <clears throat> what is your whatever happened to? You probably don't even know this person, but whatever happened to Barrett Oliver? Barrett Oliver was a child actor in the late 1980s. Okay. He, he was in the first never-ending story. He was the kid who was reading the story, like, uh, in his bedroom or something. Yeah, and it never ended. Yes. He was also in um, the... First and second cocoons. He was like the grandson of Wilford Brimley. Steve Steve Gutenberg. Yes, he was in there. And he was in that TV movie or whatever, that movie Daryl. Remember he was like the the kid robot? Yeah, Yeah, he was a kid robot. Yeah. And and the the word Daryl stood for something. Yeah, whatever. It was an initialism. Actually, you know, I'm going to look that up now. So, um, yeah, so he was in, like, those three or four big, you know, movies. And so this guy was, like, the biggest, you know, one of the biggest child actors in the mid-late 1980s. And then his his career just stopped. Like Tammy Aaron. <laughs> now, wait. Daryl was a movie that came out in 1985. And Michael McKeon was in it. Yes. And Daryl, D-A-R-Y-L, stood for Data Analyzing Robot Youth Lifeform. <laughs> so it was like ALF. Alien Lifeform. Sort of, yeah. All right, so anyway. Uh, yeah. So, so, what was the, so Barrett Oliver, what else has he done? Uh, nothing. Look, nothing. Since no, he, he's done nothing. He did, like I said, he, well, he did that movie Secret Garden, but he, uh, he, he did really 
essentially nothing. He's done nothing since the late 1980s. From 1981 to 1989. Yeah. That was his career. Yeah, I mean... Oh, okay, here we go. Ha! <laughs> uh, us into something else. Uh, Apparently uh, in his teens, he left acting to join the Church of Scientology's Sea Org. Oh, boy. And was stationed at its gold... What, what, what is this stuff? What is Sea Org? What is the gold base compound? Sea Org, um, gold base... What the I hell is this? Just let's not even... I don't know... Who cares? Oh, it's a media and publication division. <laughs> it's in California. Anyway, yeah, so he uh, he went the Tom Cruise route, except he's no longer uh, working. Wow. So speaking of Tom Cruise... The madman. <laughs> <laughs> help me help you. He's a real-life joker. Help me help you. So Tom Cruise divorced again. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. The third time. See, here's my question. Is what took what took Katie Holmes so long? <laughs> what took Katie Holmes so long? Well, well there's Come a, on. Well, it was like 5 years, but Nicole Kidman was with him for like 10. Yeah. I don't know what these these women's problem are. Well, it's interesting. Every single time, the woman was 33 years old. Oh, really? So people are, like, joking about whether it's some Scientology, uh, <laughs> like, bad number that he has to divorce them at 33. 33. Now, 33 and a third. Yeah. Naked Gun Part 2. <laughs> 33 and a third. No, that was three. Or Yeah, Naked Gun 33 and a third. Not bad. Um, yeah, so the, the what they're saying is that uh, Katie Holmes grew tired of being controlled. Well. I mean, essentially, thanks to him, her career, like, what we could do whatever happened to Katie. She's done nothing. He did not allow her to do the Batman movie. No. Right? No. The second, what no. was it, the, the, the sec- Dark Knight? The Dark Knight. She would not allow, he would not allow her to do that. And this was after, in the first one she did, Batman Begins, he would not allow her to take any publicity photos with her and... The uh, and the other co-stars, Christian Bale, anybody. Why? He just would not have it. So apparently he, he look. I, he I, wanted. If I ever meet Tom Cruise in person, insane. I'm gonna stab him. <laughs> Wait, you can't say that. No, all right, no, all right. I'm not gonna stab him, but still, he's just a jerk. Uh, so apparently, he wanted the daughter to um, be raised in the Scientology compound. <laughs> What is what, what what compound? What do you mean a compound? Like, Somewhere. Like but a we fortress? just said the Sea Org. It's a fortress. The gold base. They're going on. They're going to the gold base. <laughs> Darryl, what the, is this? The Transformers. Darryl, fortress <laughs> Maximus Goldbug. It's gonna be uh, uh, <laughs> the, the, the aerial bots. You can only fly on the aerial bots. You can only. You can only ride sea spray in the ocean. Power glide. It's a maniac. He is an absolute Man. maniac. I was thinking that it was just it was a publicity thing to get people to go see his terrible new movie oh. Rock of Ages. Awful. I don't think it's gonna help. No. Awful. So, oh man. So 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 you got John Travolta. 
uh, sexually harassing men. <laughs> you got Tom Cruise, a complete psychopath. <laughs> Nicolas Cage, a vampire. Yeah, wait a minute. Nicolas Cage has nothing to do with Scientology. No, I'm just saying. Like, oh, all, okay. all these m- middle-aged male action stars are are psychopaths. What well, is going on Steven here? Steven Seagal. Yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being really serious here. What is with these these middle-aged action stars? Just, like, being completely mental. John Travolta was an action star? I mean, he was in, like, Face Off <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, Battlefield Earth. Oh. And, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what was the one? Uh, the Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that, he was. That was an action. You know, Battlefield Earth was, like, the Scientology. That was, like, their passion of the Christ. Yeah, well... Like they really except believe. except as as well. Like I never saw Passion of the Christ, but as well as it did in the box office, Battlefield Earth did the opposite. Well, that, well that's another guy. It's another guy. No Gibson. Yeah, exa- another another middle aged action movie star psychopath. Mel Gibson. Why? What is wrong with these men? Why are they all mental? Well, Mel Gibson's a drunk. Jean Claude Van Damme. Well, he's not mental. You don't know. No? Like beating his wife, doing oh, cocaine. Right. He didn't beat his wife. He didn't. Yeah. Is 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 Don the Dragon Wilson a psychopath? He was never a star. Michael Dudikoff is he uh, a, a psychopath? It's like they're either insane or they're in uh, one of the Expendables. <laughs> yeah. How come Don the Wilson Dra- Don the Dragon Wilson? How come he's not in the new Expendables? Because I couldn't fit them all. I just ran out of room in the script. <laughs> He's going to be in part three. Michael Dudikoff will be in part three. Seagal, finally. Mr. T. He'll be in part three. Steven Seagal. Who else? Probably Mel Gibson. Leader One. He's Leader One will be in, in part three. Yeah, Mel Leader Gibson. One. Danny Glover. <laughs> Robocop. <laughs> He'll show up. You know, there's a new RoboCop coming out. What? Yeah. A movie? Yeah, it's not a remake. I think Theatrical it's a release? Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, man. Who's but, directing it? Ridley Scott? I don't know, but you know there's a new uh, uh, Total Recall coming. <laughs> With Arnold no. and Sharon Stone? No. Um, Wait, is it a remake or a sequel? No, nah, it's like a remake. Oh. It's, um... I am from the future. <laughs> I'll it, be back. It's, uh, let me see here. I am totally recalling. It's Colin, it's, it's Colin Farrell with uh, Jessica uh, Biel and uh, Kate Beckinsale. How are you? Yeah, let me see here. Live action. Uh, where, where is, is, oh, is, 2013. Is, is RoboCop computer animated? Some Brazilian with Joel Kinnaman in the role of Never Heard of Him with Gary Oldman, Samuel Jackson, and Hugh Laurie. <laughs> House. Wait, so where did you get Colin Farrell from? Total Recall. I was, oh, I was oh, Robocon. Oh, oh, I see. I was confused. No, some Swedish guy I never heard of. Um, yeah. Huh. Wait, 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 wait. What is, it? What is Mad Max 4? They're remaking mm. Mad Max 2? Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, there's no Mel Gibson in that one. Wow. I, we've talked about that already. No. Yeah. We did? Yeah, I, I've mentioned it because I was mad that Mel Gibson wasn't in it. <laughs> or Tina Turner. Oh, God. <laughs> he, killed, he killed her. In it. uh, it's Tom Hardy. 
I think it's going to be the, the Mad Max. Charlize Theron is in it. Is he related to Oliver Hardy? No. Um, I was I was watching uh, some soccer games at the European tournament a few weeks ago. Yeah. And so they had one of the guys who was like the color commentator was this guy uh, Steve uh, McManaman. <laughs> he, he was McManaman. Yeah. So he he played for England, um, the English uh, national team. Uh, and so he was uh, broadcasting. So the other guy... Was, Steve Banana Man? So the other guy, who was uh, also English, yeah, kept calling him Maka. It's like, well, that was a nice shot there, Maka. What do you think? And now this guy, McManaman, Man, is also from... His name, they call Maka, he's also from Liverpool. Oh. So the whole time I was like, well, uh, that's, that's right. Let me tell you, love. You know, he's like, he's like, oh, let me tell you, love. That's a great shot there. Oh, can't, oh! Can't believe that! Lord, oh, that shot! Ooh, ooh. So is that is that a Liverpudlian thing for, for for people from Liverpool to go? Oh, I mean, you know, this right love, you know, I mean, it's uh, like like Hugh Grant, I guess. But the thing is, you're calling him. I mean, David in Liverpool will have to. <laughs> He's not in Liverpool. He'll have to, well. He's he's near Liverpool. No, he's near Manchester. David in England will have to educate us. We haven't on, heard from him in a while. on the different dialects in England. That's right. So, um, uh, but I'm saying that there's like nine million people in England who are named Mick something. <laughs> Mick. So they call them all Maka. I guess. Stupid. Um. What's right, love? I had a Stan Lee uh, thing I was going to show you. It's me! Uh, if you go to YouTube... Who wants to be a superhero? Alright, YouTube.com. Alright, type in uh, Stan Lee Muppet Babies. <laughs> Muppet Babies. So apparently he was in a Muppet Babies episode. The Muppet Children. Where they were... In the cartoon where they were pretending <laughs> to be like Marvel characters... Like oh, Spider-Man yeah. and all. All right. So, where, where is it? This? Spider-Man. No. no, 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 but I want to get the part with Stan Lee. Is this the clip that you were telling me about? On the uh, phone that you wanted me to watch? No. Come on, where is it? Just click that click one. Cameo. Type in... Oh, all right. Where is it? There's one explicitly said it. Hold on, let me... Hey, hey you kids, cut that out. Don't you know there's only one Spider-Man? Sorry, Mr. Come on, Wolf. Let's get out of here. Oh, boy. You know, there's only one Spider-Man, and it's me, <laughs> Stanley. I invented him. Yeah, so I guess Ralph was pretending to be Spider-Man, and they were cutting into clips from I think that was from one of the early '80s Spider-Man cartoons. Oh, okay. Mm. So then they show all of a sudden he shoots the web, and it goes out of the picture, and then they it's show Stanley. Stanley Stan is standing over this like drawing easel. 
and he gets hit in the face, and then he says, there's only one Spider-Man. And then he's like, what are you doing? And then they just keep shooting all this, like, silly string at him. <laughs> I'm choking to death on shilly string. I'm shilly man. So that was, like, one of the first cam. I think it's the first cameo he's ever had. Really? And then, like, a few years later, they did- remember in, the, like, the late 80s, early 90s, they kept doing all these horrendous... TV movies based on the Marvel characters. Well, David Hasselhoff. And... Yeah, but he, his was many years later. <laughs> okay. But remember, they had, like, the Captain America. And, I mean, yeah. they had Incredible yeah. Hulk. So, like, in the late 80s, they had a number of uh, Incredible Hulk TV movies with Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. Really? Yeah. Huh. And um, they had a bunch of them. And in one of them... Wait, with who? Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. That's why it's me, Lou Ferrigno. I give 110% with the Incredible Hulk. That's me, I'm the Incredible Hulk. Okay, so... <clears throat> when I wake up first thing in the morning, I put on my suits. So they had Lou Ferrigno. So one of them is called The Trial of the Incredible Hulk. I have 14 stairs around my dinner table. And so there was a trial of the Incredible Hulk. A trial? Yes. It? I guess he killed somebody. He killed somebody or something. Wait, and they put him on trial? Wait, so then they can't even speak. They have him in the jail. The only thing I can find on this thing is a trailer. Oh my god. They have him in the jail, and he turns at the Incredible Hulk in the jail, and he keeps busting the jail open, and they have to keep, like, putting him back in the jail. How? How do they catch him? I don't know. So the jury foreman was Stan Lee. Ah! But I've yet to see, like, a clip of it or anything like that. Uh. I'm jury man. I could have Hulk is guilty as charged. I could. I'm throwing the book at the evil doers. I throw books at them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they put him on trial. Yeah. Come on. Um. What's I gonna what say? Else? What else? What else? Oh. Um. Oh. Talk about it? No. <laughs> almost forgot. A What was the first Paunch Stevenson show miracle? Oh. <laughs> Jaleel White made it onto Dancing with the Stars. How's that a miracle? It was a Paunch Stevenson show miracle. But the, the show's all has-beens. It was still a Paunch Stevenson show miracle. Come on. So there is another Paunch Stevenson show miracle. Yeah. Finally, finally, after six to you know, six and a half, seven years of complaining yes. on the Paunch Stevenson show, paunchstevenson.com, by me, Rob, mm. about well, me too. There is there is still no get a life mm. on DVD. I had to find my own copies of the episodes. Well, I and found make, them. It, well, right, okay, Barry Harmson. <laughs> Greg found Barry Harmson, this guy on the internet, who who pointed me to all the episodes of Get a Life, you know, like 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 a home, uh, you know, VCR recording yeah. quality. It was really, really, really bad quality, and you had all kinds of problems <laughs> burning on the DVD. So, so I made my own DVDs, which was fantastic. Yeah. Now, well, to, to be fair, they did release four volumes uh, of DVDs no, no, like no, no, no. twelve Two years ago. Volumes. No. Four episodes. There was a volume one, two, three, and four. There was? Yeah. 
Alright, well, whatever. Yeah, but you're right. There weren't many It was episodes. like four episodes. So It was like four each. So finally, the year 2012. Yes. Get a Life. September the, com- the 18th. The complete series on DVD by yes. Shout Factory. Yes. Finally. And there's a lot of extras I, I've heard. So that is, that's, that's one more thing I could cross off my list of things to complain about. Would you say there's what extras? Uh, I'm looking for them. Commentary? Uh, I think there's commentary. Oh, here we go. We are on the website uh, tvshowsondvd.com. September 8th, 2012, the release of Get a Life, the complete series on DVD... And uh, the bonus material that's included in the set is a conversation with executive producer slash co-creator David Merkin and writer slash producers Jace Richdale and Steve Pepoon. Uh, Paley Fest 2000. I don't know what that is. It's just it's like a convention, like a panel discussion they have oh, in all Los right. Angeles. Featuring David Merkin, Eleanor Donahue, who played Chris Elliott's mom on mm-hmm. the show, Brian Doyle Murray, who was also neighbor. on the show, yeah, uh, Robin Riker, Charlie Kaufman, Bob Odenkirk, Steve Pepoon, and Jace Richdale. Audio commentaries, deleted scenes, and this for me is the most important one. Really? Alternate audio versions without the laugh track. What? On select episodes. Now, Why do you care about that? Well, now that I'm used to watching shows like Arrested Development, The Office, Parks and Recreation, I got used to watching sitcoms without a laugh track. So now, right. so now when I watch the old episodes of Get a Life, there's a very, very like heavy laugh track. Yeah, but it, it's like that for all the Fox stuff. Married with Children. I know. Like that. I know. So, so I think it'll be. Very interesting to watch the episodes without the laugh track. Mm. Now, it's it, this says it's only on select episodes. I don't know why. Why couldn't they do all of them? Uh, maybe they just. I mean, sometimes they don't have. They don't have it. Uh, you know. I mean, you'd have to find it. But anyway, I am happy. Get a life. And Shell Factory does a good job, so they'll they'll clean it up. So yeah. what is it now? July, August. So two months. Two months. Two months. Do they have a price? Uh, Amazon had forty one ninety nine. Oh, nice. I will have to pre-order that. Um, yeah, and it, and there's more. So I, I think, I guess the audio commentaries because Chris Elliott, who was, Chris Elliott, he did um, he did some presentation of Cabin Boy. Mm. At uh, that 92nd... Was that the 92nd? Yeah, the 92Y Tribeca. Yeah, back in May. And we were thinking about going, but it was sold out, like, too quickly. Yeah. The um, launch luck. Yeah. So, Chris Elliott, I think it. I think he announced... He, I think he announced the DVD then. Oh, nice. I think that's when it was announced. It was amazing that I just missed it. <laughs> what oh, no, no, it, no, it was announced... No, it was announced back in... in like, in April. Wow. So what took so long? They were working with, like, they were negotiating with REM about the <laughs> no. theme song? Like, what took so long? Uh, no, I, I don't, I think there was some ownership issues. Yeah. Well, but, I'm, I'm glad they figured it but out. But they did say that all of the original music that was run in the show, including the theme song, which is 
Stand by right. Stand, stand by, by REM is included. Good. So it is completely intact. That show did have a lot of pop music from the late 1980s, early 1990s. So I'm sure that was part of the issue of of you know putting it together. But um, I don't know. It sounded like you know when Chris Elliott said a few years ago that there was some ownership issue there. I don't know what, but but look, I mean, if you look on TV shows on DVD. They have entries going back to 2005, where I mean, there's you know talking about why isn't there D- where where are the DVDs for this stupid show? So. Well, at long last, finally, another Paunch Stevenson show miracle. All right, what else do we got here? Um, do you want to talk about the, oh how many things do you have? Well, <clears throat> I've noticed that. Have you ever bought a mattress? Yeah. Have you ever noticed that all of the top... Mattress. Here in the United States, all of the top mattress companies... Why do they all start with the letter S? Sealy, uh, Serta, <laughs> Simmons, Simmons, Stearns and Foster. I think there's a sleepwear. Sleep- <laughs> why do all the mattress companies start with an S? I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe S for sleep? It's very strange. Um, I was thinking about... Oh, you know how... Let me pull this up here real quick. I have an update. I have a Paunch uh, Stevenson show uh, update. Butler. So, in episode 196, which is available for free on paunchstevenson.com, as are all of our episodes, we, we had a Whatever Happened to Brett Butler... Oh, yeah. The comedian. Yeah, yeah. So I have an update. Oh, yeah, I know where she is now. She is now starring... In the Charlie Sheen show. In the new Charlie Sheen sitcom on the FX channel called Anger Management. Yeah. So she's back. Have you watched that? No. Okay. Have you? No, I keep meaning to. And, and the problem is, every time I turn it on, you know, speaking of last tracks... Wait, every time what? Every time I it's talk, turn it on, speaking of laugh tracks. Yeah. It has, like, every after every sentence, there is an annoying laugh track. Right. Like some CBS comedy, which I hate. I told you. It's fine in certain situations, but it is annoying. I mean, not everything that Charlie <laughs> Sheen says on the show is funny. It's like, it's like hey, 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 what's for dinner? Ah, ha, 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 ha. No, no, I'm serious. What's for dinner? Ah! <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I was thinking about this. Well, let me do this real quick. Barry Williams, who played Greg Brady on The Brady Bunch. Yeah. Talk about washed up celebrities and the celebrity apprentice. Barry Williams and Danny Bonaducci, I read, are starring in a movie. A made-for-TV movie about they they go hunting for Bigfoot. God, what do you what do you have to say about that? I I don't know. I mean, is that who's who's is there going to be a Bigfoot? Is it like Harry and the Hendersons? Horror. Let's see. Sci-fi. Oh, it's on the Sci-Fi oh, Channel. God. Sci-Fi. 
joke. <laughs> oh man. See, so it's it's Danny Bonaducci and Barry Williams fighting Bigfoot. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. It was shot on a thirty. Oh no, never mind. I was gonna say a thirty-seven million dollar budget, but I read that incorrectly. It was a thirty-seven dollar budget, and the special effects may have been created on a Commodore sixty-four. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, but apparently, oh, okay. I thought <laughs> I'm reading the end of the sentence where he says Bigfoot certainly delivers, but he goes. No one watches a sci-fi flick expecting great artistry. People want laughably bad acting and campy dialogue. And Bigfoot certainly delivers. Also on the sci-fi channel was a movie, again, a made-for-TV movie called Jersey Shore Shark Attack. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway. Just just awful sci-fi. I mean, <clears throat> what a shame what, the, what NBC has done to that channel. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really... Bugs me. All right, and then I had I had one uh, another whatever happened to. I don't know if you remember on Nickelodeon the show Keenan and Kel, which now Keenan Thompson has has been a cast member on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and he starred in the Fat Albert movie. Whatever happened to Kel? Keenan Thompson abandoned his partner Kel. Just left him out to dry. I guess nobody cares. Well, none of those guys. What's that guy's name, even? I don't know. Kel, hold on, I gotta I got look this up here. Let me see. Keenan and Kel. So, it was starring Kel Mitchell. He's 33 years old. And oh, he auditioned for Saturday Night Live in 2003, but lost out to his former Keenan and Kel co-star Keenan Thompson. Oh, that's gotta hurt, man. And that's it. He hasn't been up to anything since then. Well, it says he currently owns and operates a number of Wendy's restaurants what? outside of Biloxi, Mississippi. That's weird. He married a rapper. That is weird. All right. So that's whatever happened to Kel Mitchell. Mm. And then I was thinking, the, well, I had another one. I, I had whatever happened to Ricky Lake, but who cares? All right. Come on, rapid fire. Let's go. All right. I was thinking, because we talked about our friend, remember in, in episode 198, you were talking about our friend who we grew up with who was your college roommate? <laughs> And you were talking about the repair man who Yes, the body by Jake yeah, imitation. Exactly. And it got me thinking about I was in a band with him in high school. He played the drums, I played the keyboards, we were in his basement. Are you considering that a band? Yes. We were in the basement of his parents' house. You, you didn't, I don't think you ever played. Well, we never played uh, any shows. I'm <laughs> not a band. But we practiced. So we would be down there practicing. It was me, him, and a few other guys. And he had cases upon cases upon cases stacked up to the ceiling of cans of Arizona iced tea. Oh, yeah. For some reason, Bought it in, 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 in like the early to mid-1990s in Belleville, New Jersey, our hometown, 
there was like this huge Arizona iced tea craze. Well, it, it wasn't just that it was Arizona. I mean, they were the first ones. Like Snapple came in later on, but Arizona were like the first ones to come out with the the sweetened iced tea, like as a soft well, drink. Well, Lipton. No, they had what? No, but Lipton used to come in like that brown and yellow carton. Oh, you know, you know what I mean? That they weren't like a. Like, like, Arizona would come in a can or yeah. come in the bottle. Yeah. All right, so anyway, so for some reason, all of our parents had had cases upon cases oh. of Arizona iced tea. Ugh. So we were in his basement drinking the Arizona iced tea, and, and our friend insisted that not only <laughs> did Arizona iced tea make him sterile... Ah. <laughs> that it, 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 it made men sterile, that it also caused him, caused his urine to turn green, and that it caused him, in addition to the green urine, he was peeing chunks. <laughs> well, that was probably something. Well, first of all, he lied a lot. <laughs> are, so. those, are, are those the side effects of Arizona iced tea? It makes men sterile. Oh, look, look, I, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I want to see if it's in Google here. Oh my god! What? It was like an urban. Uh, I can't find. It was like an, no. It was like an urban legend. It was like if you drank too much, it was like going around our high school. It was like if you, because I don't know, somebody somehow there was some news report, some idiotic news report, and and yes, it, it basically there was the joke was that if you drank too much, you're your uh, um, your privates would shrink. Yes. <laughs> wow. That, that, that was the joke. <laughs> and it would cause you to pee chunks. Well, that was a joke. But the problem to was to pee green chunks. The problem was in high school. <laughs> if you wanted to drink, first of all, back then there was no such thing as bottled water in the high school. Right. You either could drink the disgusting <laughs> fountain water they had, <laughs> or you could drink milk. No. Or expired milk. Really spoiled. Or you could drink, you know, the Arizona iced tea. It was nothing else. <laughs> I guess. Unless you were going to drink a Slurpee. <laughs> the Vita Pup. Well, yeah, the Vita Pup uh, 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 slushy drink, which was disgusting. All right, what else? Speaking of eating disgustingly, you remember how when we first started, we used to talk about the competitive eaters? The so, IFOC. I, I did the. I did whatever happened to IFOCE. Well, so a they few episodes. So they back. still do the July Fourth hot dog eating contest, which right. I think was won again by Joey Chestnut. But I wanted to mention it because here, type in. Um, Actually, Kobayashi was on a recent episode of Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, eating miniature hot dog. Type in competitive eater, <clears throat> Clifton, New Jersey. What? Yes. Clifton, New Jersey. That's that's in our... Uh, oh, here it is. That's right near our... our uh, where, where we live. Yes. This is local. So, I want... All right, so here's the name. So, type this in. Type in Maria Edible. What? The edible? It's obviously not a real name. This? Yes. All right. MariaEdible.com. Yeah, so th this girl is, is kind of like Sonya <clears throat> Thomas, where she's like this, like... Really thin, tattooed up, you know, like model, yeah, goth model or something. But she's also a competitive eater. Wow! But she's from Clifton. 
We'll click on the link. Where? Here? Yeah, I want to see her website. Maybe we can interview her. Yeah, let's get her on the show. After we interview Tammy Aaron. Ah, get it. And, and, and the, the mule video game guys. <laughs> Yo, I video. forgot to write back to them. I, honestly, I didn't even push it because... <laughs> so, alright, so we got this email from these guys who were doing, I guess, a documentary... No, it was a remake of oh. of it, it was like an what updated was documentary. No, no, no. It was an updated remake of the classic video game which I had never played called Mule. Mm. And so these guys who were working on this remake, well, Mule was like the in case people know that was like the first RPG, right? For strategy, uh, it, was, it was it was like a Sim City um, Electronic Arts. Yeah, I mean it, it. It actually predated SimCity, but it was yeah. along those. It was like it was like a simulation, like a yes. like a what do you call that? Like like a city or yeah, or yeah, like a so. civilization simulation type. Yeah, of so thing. yeah, so so these guys they sent us an email. You know, I, I guess we could still get them in trying to do an interview. I don't know. But well, like, we, we we will interview. We haven't forgotten. Yeah, it, it's Tammy Aaron. We <sighs> haven't forgotten. Give up. So, um, yeah, so they kept referencing this person named Danielle. They're a big fan of this person, Danielle. And, we're, and I wrote back to Rob. I'm like, Who the, who's Danielle? And I, and I looked it up, and I was looking up articles about Mule, like Wikipedia, and trying to do yeah. research. And I'm like, I don't see anyone named Danielle. And, in fact, if I go to Wikipedia and I type in the video game Mule, it was created by Dan Bunton. And it turns out I'm doing research, and the guy, the, the, the creator of the classic video game Mule, Dan Bunton, was some kind of transvestite cross-dresser who then turned, shh, who turned himself into no. Danielle Bunton. Yeah, and the reason that I kind of knew that... Oh, so this says Danielle Bunton Berry... Yeah. Uh, died in 1998 of lung cancer related to years of heavy smoking. Yeah, so well, I was... The but reason... this picture with the wig and the... <laughs> it's not flattering. Oh, no. Um, so what I was going to say was, I had seen this because a couple of years ago, I had downloaded this um, BitTorrent that somebody had of the first... Like, it was only three seasons. went for three seasons. It was this show on G4... Like, right when they had changed over from tech TV. It's called Icons. Yeah, I remember that. It's like a half hour each episode, and they would, like, they'd talk about, like, an old game or, like, a company, and, like, you know, they'd, they'd talk about it. So I think one of them was about, I don't know if it was about Mule or something else. And, yeah, they were, like, talking about this person, like, Dan Bunton, this great programmer and this, and then all of a sudden they were like, yeah, she just, like, fell off the map and became a woman. <laughs> well, it says, like, wow. it says Dan Bunton underwent sex reassignment surgery in 1992 and afterwards kept a lower profile in the game industry. Bunton later regretted having the surgery, <laughs> finding it was not the ultimate turn-on he thought it would be. He, advised, he or she advised others, considering a sex change operation, not to proceed unless there was absolutely no other alternative. And then supposedly, you know, this other article I read, supposedly his family just completely denies the fact of, of, of like, quote, Danielle's existence. 
they refuse to acknowledge it anyway. So we're gonna get these guys on the show and and talk about the the classic game Mule for the Atari 8-bit computer and their remake of it. So um, oh, so a- anyway, real quick, um, I saw on Twitter. Our Twitter is at Paunch Stevenson. And I saw on Twitter the guy from Comic Book Men, the TV show, who we interviewed in episode 197, Michael Zapzik. Zapzik. Uh, I saw he posted that he saw the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah. So I tweeted him back. I sent him a message back. I said, I said, the important question is, does Stan Lee have a cameo? Of course. And he wrote back and he said, yes. Stanley does have a cameo. He always has a cameo. It's me! I'm Cameo Man! Um, I drive a Camaro! <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. St- Steve Rugel's gonna kill us. He's gonna he, kill me. He does, um, he, you know, he gets his camp. Some movies, like in the Iron Man movies, he was just like, they would just show him. No, right. like they they would do takes. Some of the movies they do takes where he says like a whole line, right? But in other ones, he just they just show him like standing there or something. And, uh, and just to mm, go to mm. go what? And in the Incredible Hulk, and one of the one of the Incredible Hulk remakes, yeah. Um, I think the one with Eric Bana. The guy walks into this like you know research center and coming out dressed as security guards are Stan Lee and Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> Well, uh, also going back to what you said about the, uh, what was was her name? Uh, Competitive, uh, Maria Edible. Yeah, Maria Edible, a competitive eater. I don't know if you remember, in in episode 33, there was another female competitive eater. The 96-ounce Colossal Cheeseburger Challenge Champion. Yes. This was Paunch Stevenson's show, episode 33. Almost exactly six years ago. Yeah, June 12, 2006. In like a month or so. Competitive eater Kate Stelnick. Wow. Whatever happened to Kate Stelnick? What happens to any of these stupid competitive eaters? I mean... Let me see. Let me look her up. I think... Was she from New Jersey? I don't think so. No? I don't think so. Kate... Is that... No, yeah, that's can't. probably it. How many people are oh, there? Oh, she was on the Tony Danza show. How many people were to be named Kate Stelnick? She's on Snopes? Uh, show a restaurant, six pound, blah, blah, blah. This is true, and... I don't know. What this... Oh, this was in Pennsylvania. All right, so anyway. Kate Stelnick and now Maria Edible. And, well, and first, Sonia Thomas. And Sonia Thomas, the Black Widow. <laughs> Who we kept, remember you kept emailing her and posting on her MySpace, like, can you come on our show and doing it? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Just like, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Tanya. Juliana Hatfield. Oh, yeah, Juliana Hatfield, sorry. Nothing. And and Tammy Erin. Well, no, that's not true. <laughs> she, she contacted us. You never wrote back. I, I'm still formulating no. the question. I gave you the answers. <laughs> All right. What else? Um, I was going to say um, Canadians. 
you know, now, uh, A, the Canadians now, they're invading us with these horrible pop songs from their horrible pop singers like Justin Bieber. Oh, jeez. Canadian. And the worst is this girl Carly or Kelly Ray Jepsen. I don't know. Judy Jepsen? Jepsen. She was on the Canadian American Idol at one point. Oh, eh, eh, the and, Canadian American Idol, eh? Yeah. So, and she won. What is or that something. all about? Oh. So she had. Have you heard this song? This "Call Me Maybe" song. Of course not. You haven't heard this thing. I haven't heard any. I, I haven't heard any any music oh. in since like 1998. This thing. Well, yeah, but it's like everywhere. You can't avoid it. Not I only, avoid it. Not only that, on YouTube, YouTube is just full of um, people like celebrities like doing videos of this stupid song, like oh, lip syncing to uh, it. Uh, Type it in. Just what is it? Call me maybe. It is horrible. Oh, boy. Do I have to? Yes. Actually, I watched this one, so we're going to watch this one, too. It's the Miami Dolphin are, Cheerleaders. We are, after all, the ultimate pop culture podcast. Let me pause of this course, for a second. Of course, oh, yeah. of course the, the, the vocals have auto-tune on them. Of course. Well, I'll get to that in a second. Uh. The reason I'm watching... The reason I am watching the Miami... The only way I could bring myself to watch one of these videos and hear this song was if the Miami Dolphin cheerleaders were doing the lip-syncing, which is what's happening. She also did an acoustic version with Jimmy Fallon. Pause it for a sec. This is this is what I don't understand. These these no name people like this this uh, Carly Rae whatever, oh, yeah. Justin Bieber. Like you get all these people who are nobodies, and for some reason, wasn't everybody started? Like who, who 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 was that person? Like that Friday song? Like today is Friday? Or who was that? Anyway, so you get all these people who are just... Oh, nothing. Rebecca Black? Yeah, Rebecca Black, who are nothing. They post a video on YouTube, and now all of a sudden they're on every talk show. People are making covers. Like, no, what is happening here? No, but it's not. this is not coming just from posting. But what's really happening is these... Like, this girl in particular won this Canadian-American Idol. So she's been on tour, like, in smaller... Like, starting out at, like, malls... And like malls and like dive bars and, and different things, you know, you start out small. The difference here is these are not like, you know, they're not like Led Zeppelin who started playing and all of a sudden, you know, they started playing like dive bars and then somebody saw them and said, you know what, we're going to have you guys uh, play as one of the um, support bands on, you know, I don't know, uh, Rolling Stones tour or something. Right. And then people hear them there, and then they headline. That's not what's happening. These these people are, are from the get-go, are being marketed. They've been created to be marketed. And yes, you're right, it's just all... Well, how do we do that? I don't... Well, we look like imbeciles, though. <laughs> what do you mean? We're, we're not like a... Like, 
like teenage idol looking. We're, we're also not teenagers. No, but I mean, these people are being marketed to teenagers. I mean, Mike Massé. I know. Hold on. These people are being marketed to teenagers. Why can't we be marketed to middle-aged people? Middle-aged just, people need to need entertainment too. Yeah, but middle-aged people are smarter than to just say, "Ooh, this guy looks cute. This girl looks cute." I know, but we actually have skills and talent and creativity. True. Well, there's no room for that anymore. It's all about nah, I profit. Forgot. It's all about I forgot. profit and the bottom line. And I forgot. You know, you have to. That that's it. So anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to play any more of this song because it's horrible. Um, oh, and we don't want to be sued for fifty billion dollars. So, um, anyway, um, what I was going to say was, so this girl, I found another video of her, um, I guess before she became big singing the song, in addition to her, you know, the stupid Jimmy Fallon thing. And, right, so she's singing it with a band, but she's not singing it like this, like, party mix mm -hmm. that everybody's listening to now. It's like a, it's like a regular, just, like, song <clears throat> that she's doing. Right. And it sounds okay, whatever, you know, it's girly. But she sounds terrible. Like she can't well, sing. Obviously. It's like completely auto tuned. I just I I, I, I hate, hate it? with every cell now, in my body, I hate the current state of pop music yes. because like you said, like okay. Even in the 1980s, yes, a lot of pop music was kind of cheesy, like Tiffany or Debbie Gibson. But at least they those sing. At least those girls were singing. At yes. least they had some kind of talent. Well, even like as cheesy as it was, and now it's like you know, like you're saying, like Miley Cyrus, this Carly Rae Jepsen or well, whatever. Even the Lady Gaga, who everybody compares to Madonna, but Madonna sang all of her songs. She doesn't do it now, but. So these the pop music today, you don't even have to be a singer, no, because your 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 yeah your your vocal is run through a computer filter to make it sound better. But it's not just to make it sound. All the better, instruments though. are computer. It's like it, it, it's not just to sound better. They sound ugh. like electronic. Remember, like Paul McCartney in the early seventies, even with like, the Beatles, a lot of the Wing stuff. He had all of his songs. Remember, they had that like that like electronic sound to his vocal. I don't know why he used to do this. Oh, like the vocoder? Yeah, like, what What was he doing? It's like, it was the fad back then. But he was the only one doing it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, on, in, like, Hell on Wheels, like, the whole song is... And it's like this, like, electronic. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, he, he, he was very into that, that like, nasally vocal uh. sound. But but again, at least he was running his voice through whatever it was that was making the vocal sound like kind of compressed and nasally. Yeah. But it was still him singing. Well, these people are singing, but you're right. It's, but here's here's an example of way, where maybe it helps. The Beach Boys, but what's left of them, you know, these guys are like 70 years old. So they 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 come up doing this new tour. They made a new album. Yeah. So I happened to be listening to the radio the other day. I was driving my car, and I hear this Beach Boys song. It was called, like, That's Why God Made the Radio or something like that. So I'm like, okay. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, yeah, this sounds like a, this sounds like a good song. It sounds like an old classic Beach Boys song. 
I just figured, oh, maybe it's a song I hadn't heard before or something, or I wasn't, like, realizing it. So then I, I like, checked on. It's a new song. I was right. like, wait, wait a minute. This sounds like from, like, 1966. <laughs> and everybody's, like, making fun of them because they probably, vocal, like, auto-tuned the whole album. But my opinion is, why not? It sounds good. It's paradise when I lift up my antenna Receiving your signal like a friend Why should Listen. they do an album where they sound like crap? Listen, there it's is... It's preserving greatness in their case. Let's say I go into a recording studio, and I'm on a limited budget, or, or I have limited time. I don't want to do 500 takes of one song. So I go in, maybe I do 10 takes of, of a vocal track, and they piece together the best bits from each take, and maybe there's a couple notes here and there where I'm just off pitch a little bit. They auto-tune those few notes, they get it in line, and now we have a professional vocal. Yeah. That is fine. I understand that. You're under, you're under time constraints. Well, with the thing with the Beach Boys, when I, again, if you, if you listen to it, it doesn't sound like these other, like this idiot song, where it, it sounds fake. You know, it sounds robotic. That's, I, exactly, it that's sound what I'm fake. saying. So, so the, you know, these 70-year-old guys, the Beach Boys go in... They're doing vocal, you know, takes, and yes, maybe bits and pieces are, are auto-tuned, but, but that is the original purpose of auto-tune. It's just to, to uh, you have a good vocal track, and there's just a few bits and pieces that you need to get in line, and now you have a perfect track. All right, so... But now, you get singers who are not doing good vocal tracks... And they have to turn, they have to crank the, the auto-tune up to, to 11, mm. and, and, you know, you get this computerized voice, and it's like, it, it, to me, it's unlistenable. Well, the, it strips all of the I human can yes. life and personality and, and, and musicality out of the performance, and you're left with something that sounds very sterile and computerized. I know, but what they wind up doing is they disguise it with this, like, dance mix music so like everything you know what i mean like everything which is kind is, of electronic which compounds the problem even more it makes me hate it even more i know but if because you have a lifeless computerized vocal but that's surrounded what, by lifeless computerized music but this is what they want to listen to i know but but at what point can you no longer call it music if it has no musicianship or musicality i know to but it? they don't care makes money so they there's don't nothing care. musical about it you can't call they it music care. They don't care. All right, moving on.
Moving on. But you see what I'm saying. I understand you. I understand you, but at, the, at, <laughs> at a certain point, look, the, the fact is in 20 years, all of these classic musicians are going to be dead or unable to perform anymore. No. It's going to be nothing left. There'll be nothing left. But at what point can you stop calling music music? I don't know. I mean, Pink Floyd, half of their stuff was noises. It wasn't <laughs> instruments. I mean, it was... And I don't like it. You don't like Pink Floyd? Not oh. that kind of stuff. Not, not them, like, making fart noises into a microphone for a <laughs> half an hour. That's... No, that is not music. All right. What was progressive? It's not music. All right, we're moving on. We are moving on. All right. Um, music has to be musical. Fine. Next. Well, we all right. One thing we never talked about on the Paunch Stevenson show, which we should talk about at least briefly, is this upcoming, I think, Disney movie, Wreck It Ralph. Oh, that's right, yeah. And it is based on classic 1980s video games. Yes. In fact, they, one of the, wasn't that a preview in, when we saw uh, Three Stooges? Was that one of the previews? Was it? I don't remember. I it was. Um... All right, Wreck-It Ralph, release date November 2nd, 2012. So it's going to be a while. And the voices of John C. Riley, Jack McBrayer, Jane Lynch, Sarah Silverman. But it is a... Um, uh, 3D. It's, it's, yeah, well, it's a computer animated movie, but it's based on retro arcade video games. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's, it's sort of like a Donkey Kong-ish type of video game. Yeah. And, and the, the Donkey Kong type of character is trying to prove he's not really a bad guy. But it looks cool. It has all these cameos like Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm. Um, it's, it's basically... M. Bison from Street Fighter. Zangief Bowser. from Street Fighter 2. Uh, Bowser from Super Mario Brothers. Cubert. Kano from Mortal Kombat. Walter Beast, Paperboy. And this is crazy. Clyde from Pac-Man, the ghost, a, a zombie from House of the Dead. Basically, this is... This is insane. How did they... This is the... Vi well, this is the video game Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, it's awesome. Now, it may stink, but we'll see. I don't think it's going to stink. Okay. I think it'll be at least pretty decent. The problem you have is you're talk first of all you're talking about all these characters like oh glad these characters but these are video game characters who don't really have much of a personality other than like Mario because <laughs> Mario had the cartoon that we knew It's a me Mario Let's -a go So uh, it's not me It's not like Who Framed Roger Rabbit where everybody there you know there were Disney characters or, or Warner Brothers characters or you know Betty Boop Right no, I know. I something. Know. I think it'll be good, though. I we think it'll be see. good. We I think shall it'll be see. Good. It'll be good. Now, did you prefer Super Mario's voice when Captain Lou Albano did the voice? Like, hey, Luigi, we gotta go and fight Bowser, hey! Or do you do you prefer the voice like a It's no. me, Mario! No, the better one was uh, Captain Lou. Yes. In fact, I even, agree. Even though I loved. Uh, Super Mario 64 for the N64, I hated the voice. And I really hated it. I just I thought look. it was ridiculous. When I first got Super Mario 64 in 1996, when it first came out, I was totally blown away 
And I'm thinking like, oh man, if Mario talk, could you imagine Mario's gonna talk? It's gonna be like, hey, it's a, it's a Super yeah. Mario 64. Like, oh, hey, because he's supposed to be an adult, right? <laughs> and he starts talking like, hey, and and the voice didn't actually bother me. I got used to it, but I feel like in in subsequent games where he talked more and more and more, then it got a little silly. But Super Mario 64, I mean, he barely spoke, so mm. I felt like it was okay. Yeah. But at, anyway. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. No. In... No, that's Luigi you're doing. Oh, that... Here oh. we go. Here we go. Yeah, I guess he sounds a little bit better. Here we go. In the Mario Kart. And then you had the Peach would be like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then Toad was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. What else? Uh, so Prometheus. Yes. So I. Prometheus. I saw Prometheus. Um, How do you know it's not Prometheus? It's Prometheus. All right. What does that name mean? What's the significance? Well, it's a Greek. One of the Greek gods. Of what? Aliens. Uh, no, Prometheus. In the I believe in the Greek uh, mythology, created humans or something like that. I don't. I don't know. Zeus didn't create humans. Well, he slept with humans. <laughs> Wait, Zeus? Yeah, so where do you think Hercules came from? What? Yeah, so Zeus was, was fathering oh, children all over the place. Zeus was awful. Yeah. Wow. All right, so, so this says Prometheus Greek, is a... Greek uh, Kevin Federline. Ah, that's a loser. This says Prometheus is a titan, whatever that mm -hmm. means, a culture hero and a trickster. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Who in Greek mythology is credited with the creation of man from clay. What? Mm. He made humans out of Plato. And the theft of fire for human use, an act that enabled progress and civilization. <clears throat> he is known for his intelligence and as a champion of mankind. Okay. So he, is, he is a champion of mankind. So Prometheus... He has the matrix of uh, leadership. Stop. So Prometheus, the movie. Um, so this was directed by Ridley Scott. Um, he what, what's happened? What happened was Ridley Scott was working on a sequel or prequel to Alien. Wait, 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 wait! Hold on. <sighs> Prometheus's punishment uh, as a as as a, a consequence of his theft. What's the difference? It's fake because it's very it's interesting to me. His punishment was listen to this: Zeus tied him to a rock. And every day an eagle would fly down and eat his liver. And then the next day his liver would grow back and another eagle would come and eat his liver. Alrighty then. I mean, it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't say... It doesn't say Prometheus uh, disliked this. It is what it is. Anyway. All right, so, so the movie. Yes. So Ridley Scott, the background is Ridley Scott about ten years ago began working on a, a prequel to Alien. Uh, he was working on it. He didn't want to direct it. He was working on a story. And then, ironically, he and James Cameron were, then began working together on the movie, assuming that, I guess, James Cameron might direct it. Maybe he'd just be producer as well. So then James Cameron kind of took the lead in working on it. Then, but what happened was... Stupid Fox, the, uh, 20th Century Fox, decided they were going to do the Alien vs. Predator movie. 
Oh boy. Which and then James Cameron's after he he heard about that he was like no I forget it I'm out of this this is going to ruin the franchise. Now ironically the first Alien vs Predator was not that bad it was pretty good and even James Cameron admitted that it made some money. The second one was absolutely horrendous and. Quote, you can quote me on this, it will be the last Alien vs. Predator movie ever made. It was that bad. But there's what? always been these, like, these, like, Predator-Alien, like, like in-jokes in both movies that they're kind of part of the same universe, even though they never meant to be. No. And they were developed by two different people. So anyway, he wanted to do a, a prequel to Alien. Who? Ridley Scott. Okay. Then about three years ago... After the Alien vs. Predators, he kind of said, you know what, I'm going to go forward with this. He's also, at the same time, working on a sequel of some kind to Blade Runner. So he's going to go forward with this movie, and, and he worked on it, and he eventually made it. And the script was finished by, by uh, one of the people, Damon Lindelhoff, who, who was a, the script writer, one of the script writers with Lost for many years. So Now, is George Lucas involved no, in any George way? Lucas has nothing to do with it. Ridley Scott. So, Ridley Scott was doing the movie. So, as an Alien fan, and a Predator fan, I want, I've been waiting. Very rarely does a movie come out these days, especially science fiction, that I'm looking forward to. So, I was looking forward to this movie. Now, I went in after a lot of people I heard because people were disappointed in it, they didn't like it, blah, blah, blah. It didn't deter me because I knew... The people who said that were morons. <laughs> and here's why. These are the people who expect to go, went in expecting to see uh, some Marvel movie or some comic book movie. You know, like that new, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, which nah. became a comic book movie. It was okay, though. I know, but it, it, was okay. it wasn't Star Trek. It was comic book Star Trek. Right. I'm just saying it turned out okay. Anyway, so... I actually was buoyed by the fact that it, these that pe some people didn't like it because that meant it had better science fiction. And one of the other problems is what they've gotten used to is beginning with James Cam James Cameron did the second Alien movie, Aliens, and then there was Alien Three, and then there was Alien Four: Resurrection. And all of these movies were essentially they all starred Sigourney Weaver, but they were essentially like science fiction horror. Right. You know, were, but they, they were basically, they were grafted around Sigourney Weaver with other people who would just get killed. But she was like the main star. It was like her against the alien and then the alien, you know, what would happen? So they were, they were, they were like that. You know, they, they, weren't, they weren't true to, I think, they were similar to the original alien. Only from the fact that I think the, in the original alien which was based on this, this book that this guy Dan O'Bannon wrote way back when. The original Alien, as it came out from Ridley Scott, due to the fact that it was made in 1979, the, the, you know, all the science fiction limitations, the budget limitations of that time, it wound up coming out to be looking more like a, kind of like a horror movie. You know, that's, I think that's what a lot of people liked about it. Fine, but that's not exactly... 100% where Ridley Scott was going with that. And I mean, you could see it in Blade Runner. Blade Runner, which a lot of people don't like, some people revere, was about, you know, robotic, you know, android people and, and this, you know, view on human life versus the androids and all that, whatever. So I think that's kind of what he was trying to get back to in this movie was not only 
give a back a real backstory and an origin to Alien, but maybe kind of express what he was really doing in those films. So that's what he wanted to do. So anyway, I'll, I'll give a brief spoiler rundown of what happens. So in the latter half of the 21st century, kind of like space 2001, these these archaeologists are finding like all of these like symbols from like thousands of years ago, these ancient civilizations who are gone, and how around the same time they all, like in the Stone Age, Stonehenge people, and the Incans and the Egyptians, they all had these ancient aliens, you know, the whole quote ancient alien, you know, gimmick. Right. You know, we're descended from aliens. <laughs> right. Which, by the way, is something that they did in X-Files, and it was like the jump the shark, because after that the show was terrible. Aliens! So, that was... The basis of it, there the you know there uh, we got to go. The, the, this is some star map. We got to go find where this is. <laughs> so they travel. Star man. Yeah. Hello. So then they travel right, and this group of people travel. Charlize Theron is one of the stars. Did they travel through the space bridge? No, they took a ship. So now here's the problem. One of the problems is they arrive on this planet. And on the screen, it tells them they, they were in space for four years and X amount of miles. And, and the, the problem is, the numbers they put up there were ridiculously incorrect. What do you mean? So, like, because oh, all these astronomers then began tweeting, like, uh, you know, these numbers are, are absurdly wrong. They're like, you know, the, the distance is, is, is within, is very close. It's not as far as they said. But anyway, it's, you know, it's a movie. So they are arrive they, on this planet. Are they riding in a DeLorean? No. So they arrive in this planet in the ship, and um, they find these, like, domes on this planet. It's, like, barren planet, and they find these domes. Now, actually, what... Biodomes? No. The beginning of the movie shows this, like, gigantic human-looking guy. He's all white. And he... Like Michael Jackson? Yes, and he, but no hair. So he drinks this liquid and, like, dissolves into, like, nothing and falls into this river. And then you show the spaceship and the spaceship leaves. Like, he's done this on purpose. So what's actually ha- And then it's supposed to be Earth. So essentially this guy has seeded the planet Earth with... And eventually we become humans because we look like the guy. Anyway. So this is where Michael Jackson came. Yes. He really is an alien. He is an alien. So um, what happens is they find this place... And then they go in and they start looking around and they find this chamber that has these like pods in it, which is something from an earlier Alien movie. And then also there was this guy who's the android and he's kind of devious or something like that. So the point being, you have scientists, they're trying to, hey, it's a scientific study. Wow. And then you have this old guy who's like a hundred something years old who funded this, this guy Wayland. And he secretly is trying to communicate with these, quote, engineer people who, who could maybe, you know, give him the fountain of youth and, like, restore him. Instead of Aubrey de Grey, who's, oh. we're all going to live to a thousand yeah. years. So maybe what that's was what he was talking the, about. The engineer senescence. senescence. Yeah. Negligible senescence. So... Anyway, so one by you know one by one they become infected. Some people come infected. They start like morphing. Infected the, with what? Well, the, the little seeds you know that the people had there. This, uh. this was like a base essentially, and somehow these people these these guys had in their testing something had gotten loose and killed them. 
So then, you know, they find that and whatever. And then uh, eventually the one guy, the scientist, the android slips something in his drink. He drinks it. He starts changing. They kill him. But changing into what? I don't know, some creature. All right. They kill him. and But beforehand, he had uh, slept with the girlfriend who supposedly couldn't have any children, but then she's pregnant. This is making no sense. I know it sounds that way. She's pregnant. It's like a soap opera. Hold on. She's pregnant. Now, it's like, going crazy. It's like an episode of Jerry Springer. Everything's going crazy. She's pregnant. Then... They're trying. She has to escape. She goes. This is actually a pretty gruesome part, and it's why they got an R rating. Yeah. But I'm actually glad that it was really. I was like, oh. Ugh. She goes in and performs this like ro- has this medical bed that has all these robotic arms. Performs a surgery on her. Cuts her open. On herself. Yes. Cuts her open. Takes out the the alien you know embryo the the, the creature in there. And then it, it comes to life. It's like this like squid-looking thing, and it's it goes, and she's screaming, and then she escapes. And... Wait, wait, wait. Why didn't she have the robotic hand that's doing this surgery just squish it? Well, because it wasn't made to do that. It was just picked it up ah, to hold it. Anyway. Come on, wait. This is the year 2100. They can't make a robotic hand that squishes something? Unrealistic. Anyway. So that happens. So then they go back in there. They find one one of these engineer creatures. He's like 10 foot tall, Mr. Clean looking guys. They find him. He's still alive. He's in suspended animation for thousands of years. Like Demolition Man. Yes. Well, he was in a block of ice. But So they wake this guy up. They wake him up. And the, uh, the, re- the android guy has learned the language. He starts talking about the language. And he gets really angry and kills like kills everybody. The android? No, no, the the, the alien guy kills is, everybody. Is the android like Vicky from Small Wonder? No, he no he was you know looked like a person, talked like a person. So he kill, kills everybody, rips the android's head off, whatever. Um, which is like a which happened in in the the second alien. But anyway, um, so they do all that, and now she's she's like, oh my god. So then the alien guy. Um, not the alien, but this this alien, you the know, Mr. Clean, the guy. Mr. Clean guy, gets into the ship, and he's taking off, and he's heading for Earth now, because now he's get, his his point going to Earth is to unleash this bioweapon that kills everybody on Earth. Why? Apparently, even though they created everyone on Earth, they wanted to kill us all. <laughs> Why? So wait, 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 hold on a minute. Wait a minute. So the his guy is light years away from Earth. Yes. What does he care if humans are on Earth? I that's I don't know. That's one of the questions. Oh, all right, all right. That the movie doesn't answer. Okay. So then the 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 guy who's the captain of the Earth ship, he's told this. He crashes the Earth ship into this ship, right? To crash land it so that that guy can't do it. He crash lands on Earth. No, no, no. He didn't get off that planet. Oh, well. he crash lands. Charlize Theron gets crushed by the, by oh. the ship. And this one girl, the woman with the, the alien inside of her, she survives. And the android is just the head he's talking. So then the alien, the Mr. Clean guy comes after her. Oh, he's gonna, still alive? Yeah, he's going to kill her. Who? Charlize Theron? No, no, no the, the, the other girl. Okay. The, with the alien inside of her. He's going to get her. So then um, he goes after her. But then the, the, the alien baby that came out of her, it's grown. It's gigantic. And it, it gets the, the Mr. Clean guy. <laughs> 
and like impregnates him with Wait. the you know the alien stuff like those movies do. So the alien is a friend. No, it's not. It's a, it's a crazy, disgusting creature. Oh, it's not like Alf. No, oh! it's like a giant squid. Hey, Willie. So anyway, so that it, it gets him, kills him, and at the end of the movie, you see bursting out of him this alien creature that looks a lot like the alien movie aliens, kind of insinuating right. this is where it came from. And the other girl, with what's left of the android... I don't even know what to she say. She gets on another alien ship that was hidden there and takes off for the alien, for the, the Mr. Clean homeworld. Wait, that wasn't the homeworld? No, no, this is just some oh, world. Gee. She's pissed and she wants some answers. She wants to know why they want to kill us. Okay. And then the movie ends. But what? Is there going to be a Prometheus 2? Uh, yeah, they'll probably make a sequel at some point. But... Oh, my God. I don't know. So there were a lot of... But now, wait. So did you see it in 3D? I saw it in 3D IMAX. IMAX! Not IMAX IMAX, but like the newer like AMC theaters IMAX where it's just like a little curved screen. That ain't IMAX! So Ridley Scott shot the entire movie with 3D cameras. Nice. So I'm, I, Finally! I, yes. Well, it cost a lot of money. But my, <clears throat> the thing what I would say is it, the visuals were incredible like the cg like from a science fiction point of fan the 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 little gadgets they had it was everything was really cool the the special effects were very realistic looking of the ships crashing and all that yeah you know the whole nine yards all the alien stuff was very realistic looking now was this a very dimly lit movie like a very dark no it was looking? bright no it was very bright except when they were in the caves was it like a lot of blues and grays yeah. and no no, it wasn't like a very dingy like. Well, like, they were in a cave, but but, I mean, but you remember a... the the original Alien movie? It was like they're on this dimly lit ship, yes. and it's very like gray and dark and shadows. Was some of that. And... Yeah, some of that. So this wasn't like this was just a no, it was not... straight up sci-fi. Yeah, it wasn't like gloomy, gloomy like that. Oh, all right. I don't. I personally really. It wasn't like 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 a really dark scene. You're like, what was that? Something in the shadow, and then the alien pops out. Well, one of the reasons that was done back then was because the special effects looked ridiculous. So, so they were they they they. It was like with Jaws. They were kind of forced to yes to that use, plus, use lighting to yes, their that advantage. plus the Jaws thing. You know, where in 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 the original Jaws, the shark is shown for like five minutes of the whole film. Right, which is something Spielberg did because he, he, you know, he'd known that that's that makes it scarier that it's exactly. unknown, it's a mystery. Exactly. But I don't know. I just which he learned, by the way, from Paul McCartney's directing of Magical Mystery <laughs> Tour, according to Paul McCartney. Really? I know about that, but <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I personally liked it. Again, as an alien science fiction fan, I liked it. So thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down? Well, I would, yeah, I would give it as many thumbs as you can give it. Right. Um, however, as I said, a lot of, you know, just the average person didn't seem like they really liked it, but, you know, too bad. But I would also say I talked to a couple of uh, friends at the NAVA meeting. At um, Digital Press. Yes. and In, in Clifton, New Jersey. Yes, and, and they, uh, some of them liked it, some of them didn't like it. Who liked it? Well, there's one guy, uh, but he's like this really big alien fan, like for years and years. He he liked it, but what's his name? I forget. So who didn't like it? Now nah, there was this this guy Leon. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, yeah, so I, I liked it. Prometheus. All right, well, eventually I will... Never. Maybe on YouTube I'll watch it. I can watch it on YouTube. I don't know. I'll see if some Chinese person <laughs> uploaded a... What's well, that going to be on YouTube? Camcorder version. <laughs> People post movies on YouTube in, in, in ten minute segments. Yeah, I think it's taken down like immediately. <laughs> Alright, was that it for you? Or? Uh, Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, we're good. Anyway, so when, when does this thing... Uh, so I could get rid of this, right? Mm. I just want to see the release date. Yes, yeah, so I no longer want to stare at one of the Miami Dolphin cheerleaders. <clears throat> How much does a football cheerleader get paid? I don't know. Just for standing around and shaking some pom-poms. I don't know.